Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. We want to thank you for joining us as we go into the Word of God. And today, I want to first tell you a couple of ways to reach out to us. First, by email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can mail us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, that's Pastor Eric. Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. And we're going to continue today in our series on Grace Foundations. And today we're going to talk about how God sees me. And I think it's important that we recognize that uh, uh, we just consider what's going on in the world today or what's uh, happening, how that everybody is concerned about their image. And really, you know, it's on the on the internet. Everybody wants to claim their image. They want to claim, you know, have their they want they want their followers. They want people who recognize who they are and their uniqueness. And so, image, uh, as the world says, is everything. But we know, if in the body of Christ, that your image is what's more important. Is what's the unseen is more important than what is seen. And I'm talking about your spirit. For we know that the body is just temporary. What we what's on this outside? Matter of fact, everything that we see in the world today, if you can see it, is temporary. It is going to pass. It is going to pass away. Whether it's a rock, it's a building, it's a car, it's a house, it's money. Whatever you may, uh, could, whatever you can and uh, and uh, can, whatever you can imagine, is temporary. But we know that only those things, those things that are unseen, they are eternal. And when I speak of that, I'm talking about your spirit. And that's what God wants to and how he does relate to us. God looks at our spirit. He didn't even look at our past. He looks at where we are. When he looks at us through the lens of grace, he looks at our spirit, which has been renewed. Scripture says that many men be in Christ. He is a new creature. And as we said in prior lessons, that new creature, that new spirit was created by God at salvation that he put his spirit in us not a spirit but his spirit in us he created not only a new spirit within us but he also put his spirit the holy spirit in us so that we can be led and guided by him so what god is looking at is our spirit which he has created and that's the spirit he wants to, that he wants to that he's that he speaks to that uh, the holy spirit will speak to he'll speak to our inner mind our inner man because that's the one that Roman talks about how that uh, uh, when we when, when when God is 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 wants to deal with us, He wants to get our get us on that spiritual altar. Believe uh, that's Romans twelve and one. It says that I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What is He talking about? He's not talking about your flesh getting on the altar. But he's talking about you putting yourself up there every day. You get in there, getting on that altar and recognizing that, Lord, I don't want the world to see me. I want them to see you in me, that they would see my good works. They would just, I want to see you working through me. And then they can glorify God because I give you glory. Uh, that it was you that put me in this place. It was you that 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 took me through this place in my life where uh, I was losing and losing and losing and losing. And when I met you, that you are the difference in my life. 
So let's go over now to the book of St. John, John 4, 24, as we begin this teaching. St. John, fourth chapter and the 24th verse. And it reads, as Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, he says, God is a spirit. Yes, the eternal God, he is a spirit. God is not flesh, He, but he is a spirit. And it said, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It says again, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when we talk about our spirit, our spirit that we were born with, that spirit that came from our uh, earthly father, Adam, and when Adam sinned, his spirit became corrupt, and he now was now separated from God. Adam came innocent, but now he found himself not having that renewed, not not having that. Now he didn't need his mind to be renewed. Not having that relationship with God, spirit to spirit, because sin was a separator. But what Jesus did for us on that cross, He reconciled. And if you know anything about. Uh, accounting or uh, anything about uh, when you the person keeps the books, they want to reconcile the money coming in with that going out So they want, because they want to balance the books. And that's what Jesus did when he went to the cross and paid the debt that no earthly man could pay. Jesus paid the debt of sin. And when he did, he reconciled us. That's when we now we are able to come to God and cry, Abba Father. Now we can come boldly before the throne of grace and 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 ask what we why will from him. And Jesus said, You can do this in my name. When he was leaving, he told his disciples, before I didn't tell you these things, but now when whatever you desire, you ask in my name. Because Jesus had finished the work, he had paid the price, he was now going to the cross to do all those things that he had previously, uh, which was prophesied of him. And now after his resurrection, he said, you ask in my name and it shall be done. And so this is what uh, Jesus was telling this woman here. He said, that's coming today. And we know it's an hour day now. Now we worship God out of a pure spirit. We worship God spirit to spirit. And now God can come and he can dwell with us. Now we are acceptable to him because God sees us in the spirit. He doesn't see your past. He doesn't see your, your, your lack. He doesn't see your failures. He sees your spirit. And that spirit, because of Jesus Christ, is perfect. It's entire. It, wants, it lacks nothing. This spirit that you have now, and I'm talking about your born again spirit, that spirit will never change. And we're going to read here later why the scripture talks about how that we are sealed in the, with the Holy Spirit. But let's go on now. So let's go on now. Our next uh, scripture we're going to talk about today is in the book of Ephesians. I call it the book, book of promises and what, what God has promised us and the will of God. I'm talking about the written will of what God designed for us in, in eternity and what he sent through a, uh, Apostle Paul. And Paul's job was to get it out of him. And get it in the, on the books. Get it written. And this written word is scripture. And all as the apostles, all of them, they spoke of. When Peter talked about what Paul had written, they talked about the scripture that Paul had written. And they had to come up to recognize this grace that Paul talks about. And Paul um, and Peter said some of the things that Peter had written. 
have been hard to understand because it was revelation. And that's what God, that's what we need in this last day. We need revelation of what God has said so that it becomes alive to us and we can tell people who they are. This is how God sees us in the spirit when we are born again. It's not about what you what you are not. It's about who you are. Yes, I am nothing. I lack all things in my flesh. But in Christ, that's why I can do all things. Because in the spirit, I am as he is. As First John, as uh First John uh, 4 says, as he is, so am I in this life. I am just like Jesus. That's why I can proclaim the word of God. That's why you can proclaim the word of God because you are equal to him because you are brothers and sisters of Christ. Jesus says, I don't call you servants. I call you friends because now you are a part. We are a part. We who was on the outside being lost and in sin and following. And I'm talking about our uh, those who came before us. They didn't know God. I'm talking about those who, uh, before the death of Christ, the Gentiles, people who were not uh, born in the Jewish faith, we had no right to the kingdom because we were on the outside. But Jesus, as Romans 11 says, Romans 9 through 11 talks about us being grafted in. And now we are a part of the family of God. Well, this says in uh, Ephesians 3, it says, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, and that's in Christ being predestinated according to the purpose of his will, who works all things after the counsel of his own will. So God uh, God was calling us. He was calling us, all of us who would accept him. That's, I believe that's what this predestination means. It doesn't mean that God created us some for, uh, for destruction and eternal de uh, death, or some were born for... Um, uh, liberty and the blessings of God and eternal life. No, God didn't mark us at birth, but what he did do was God looked out into the future, into eternity, and he saw us. <clears throat> and so God made preparations for us. It says in the 12th verse that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. We are those who praise God, who trust God, who trust the words of his Christ, of his son. And because we trust in him, we are now a part of his family. The 13th verse says, whom we also trusted because as you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and the gospel is the good news, that news that nearly too good to be true news that Jesus brought to us, that excites our very spirit because we now are destined for heaven. We're destined for success. We're destined for better things. We're destined to uh, be a light to not only uh, and be a blessing in, in this present life, we're a blessing to our children, our grandchildren, and another generation. And that and the most precious blessing that we could ever give our children is the knowledge that God is for you. And if your life is hidden in Christ, you will have a, a, a brighter future. You will have life everlasting. You will have relationship with God because that's what God ultimately wants. God didn't save us for uh, a ministry. He didn't save you for uh, uh, you for, for work. God saved us for relationship because he wants to deal with you spirit to spirit. He wants to deal with us as sons and daughters. 
as those who are the called out ones, those who he can fellowship with. That's what fellowship means. That when I, that in my quiet time, when I'm praying, when you, when we're praying, when you're uh, time to sing it or meditation, that you can fellowship with him. He can speak to you and you can speak to him and we can fellowship with our God in the spirit. When we pray in tongues, we, the, we pray at a higher level. All these things are available to us in the spirit because this is how God sees you. He does not see you as less than because you're not a preacher, because you're not a deacon or you're not on the deacon's board or you're not on the minister's board or, you know, you're not, don't have a high office in the church. We are all just sons and daughters, all of us. The minister just is a, one of the called out ones to operate in this office or operates in this gift. We all have our gifts and calling in the body of Christ. All of us are called the minister. Even some ministers not called a pulpit ministry, but why, whatever our calling may be, he has entrusted us with his spirit and he has entrusted us to uh, that, that we would exemplify him. We would exemplify Christ. We are the Christ that the world sees today because Jesus is not coming back in flesh to walk this earth in our time. He will come back and he is coming back. But for right now, we are who the world sees, and we are the ones who must show him to the world. And to end that 13th verse, it says, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our, of your salvation, and whom after you, whom also after you believed, we were saved, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, it doesn't mean that, that it doesn't just mean that that we are sealed with that, with, with the Holy Spirit. He were given the Holy Spirit, but we were sealed for eternity. That seal will not be broken. Satan can't break it. The world can't break it. I believe the only way that we can lose our salvation, we give it back. And we have to willingly give it back. Many believe that, you know, that when a person, you know, they we 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 fall or we we come short of the glory of God or we come short in our lives, you know, the sin. And they say, oh, you got to get saved again. No, you just need to get up, get yourself, uh, uh, get up, begin to walk again by faith, receive the word and receive the grace that God has. Receive it by faith that you know what, Lord, I failed. I, I, I missed the mark, but I'm getting up, Lord, because I believe that you are the God that loves me. You are the God. You saw me. And I want to tell all of you who are, you know, you might have missed the mark. You might have come short. You might have been in your in your in your younger days, and people say, "Oh, you you're Ichabod. You know, you you are uh, you are lost forever." That, uh, but if you have a mind to serve God, if you have a mind to to be a part of the household of faith, God hasn't thrown you away. If you have a thought in your mind that you know, I really would, you know, I wish I could go to church, but you know, they told me that you know that I, there was no hope for me. As long as there's God, there's hope. As long as God lives. And we know God is eternal. As long as you stay, you on this earth and you have breath in your body, you have the ability to call on him. So turn you, get yourself up, dust yourself off and speak unto the Lord and say, Lord, teach me who you are. Lead me to a uh, to a place, Lord, where I can be in fellowship with those who who, who love you, where where a word of life is coming, and that I can grow thereby. 
and put your faith in the word. Yes, we need preachers. We need pastors. We need uh, uh, ministers. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ. But most of all, we need a relationship with God because that's what he's looking for. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear you pray. Some folks, the only time they pray when they're in church, whether they're on the internet or whether they're in person, the only time that they, you know, they, they read the word and when they're following along with the minister, if they do that. But you need to read the word. You need to uh, have, get an understanding. You need to, oh, it's so hard to understand. Ask. The scripture says, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So this is the confidence that we have. We have to exercise the confidence that we have in God. It's not enough for you, for you to say, well, you know, this is what pastor said. No, this is what the word said. And you get that engrafted word and you speak out what God has put in your heart. You get the revelation in your heart that God is, an, is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. So when you get that word in your heart and you trust in it, then you too can have that same faith the pastor has. You can have that same faith that the mother of the church had. You can have that same faith that anybody else. You are not a second-class citizen. There are, no sec there are no stepchildren in the house of God. None. But we are all sons and daughters who have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Let's go, let's move forward. We'll go now to the book of uh, St. Luke, the Luke, uh, St. Luke 15. And we all, this is a familiar story. And I just want to get something that relates to all of us so that we could just have a, uh, have a place that we can, uh, excuse me, just, uh, we can, uh, we've heard this story and we can sort of relate to this, this young man, all of us at one point or another, you're going to miss tomorrow. Maybe not as severe as this young man. And, uh, uh, many have called him the prodigal son. Uh, we all know what prodigal daughters are prodigal son. We might have been, or you might have been the prodigal son who, you know, was in the church and you served God, you loved God with all your heart. And somewhere along the line, you made a foolish decision to follow your own way rather than following God. And people people did it when, uh, in my day. Uh, they did it. All of us are going to come to that point to where Satan will have you to question God when you see things going on that, you don't believe many people, some people, many, they leave the church because they see the, the, the preacher miss God or see uh, sin in, in, in leadership. And I'm going to tell you, there's not a perfect church. If there is one and you start going, guess what? It's no longer perfect because the scripture says we all are sin and falling short of the glory of God. It doesn't mean that we go around sinning every day, but it means that we all have things that we can work on. And as you stay in the body of Christ, God will reveal the areas that we are short in. And again, I'll say that that doesn't mean that as a believer, we are out sinning every day. But we do have places in, your, in our lives that we need, to, we need to come up to par. We need to come up uh, to the level that God has called us to. And he's calling us to holiness and righteousness. But those things are born in the believer through grace. It's born in the believer through us just continuing to walking in the faith in the grace of God, and God will give us wisdom, knowledge. We'll be we'll be built up by our holy uh, faith, as God uh, gives us wisdom and knowledge about living this life. Some things are only going to come through experience. Experience, 
And not all things. You don't need to experience everything to get the wisdom of it. You don't need to put your hand on the stove to discover it'll burn you. <laughs> and, but something you can just you can listen to the elders that you know what? If you touch that, if you touch that situation, that's a bad place to be. And many of us will go and touch it. We'll go and say, well, you know, uh, uh, we'll hear the bare experience of others. And well, I wonder how that felt. You know, no, we don't have to know that the bear it will kill you to walk in the furnace, walk out in the forest with a like a like a uh, like a hamburger sandwich and, and be chased by a grizzly up in Alaska. We don't have to do that. You can learn by experience of others. And much of this and much of what the Bible talks about, and even in the scripture, it says that uh, we read the Old Testament. We see the lives of great men and, and how that they fail because they took their eyes off of God. They placed their faith in man or they became prideful because they trusted in what they had rather than trusting in God. And so we'll read, we'll read the story here quickly about the prodigal son. This is uh, St. Luke 15, 14, and it reads, and again, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit. Prior to this, this young man has spoken to his father up in the 12th verse and said, Father, give me the portion of my goods that fall to me. And his father said, okay, here is everything. He said, he divided unto him his living. So that was the, his father. And remember, this father in the prodigal son exemplifies our father, which is in heaven. So everything he, the, the father had, he gave him his inheritance. He gave him a portion of it. And it goes on through the next few verses talking about how he, uh, uh, through his living, through his lifestyle, he parted it out. He, 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 he made it rain. He did everything he could do to get rid of that, uh, uh, get rid of his money. And next thing he knows, he lost the money. He lost the place to stay and lost all those so-called friends. And now he finds himself in the at the hog pen looking at the pig saying, you know what, I, I, is that going to be my lunch? 15th verse says, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to his fields to feed the swine. And when he would have, he said, he would have fain have filled his belly with the with the husk. In other words, he the, the husk or the or this. If you ever been uh, corn, the husk or the shell of the uh, of the ear of corn. He said he would have eaten that because nobody gave him anything to eat. The eighth verse, 18th verse says of the 15th chapter in St. Luke, he says, I will rise. And when he came to himself, he says, I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Now, again, the subject of what we're talking about today is how God sees us. The 19th verse says, for I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a far way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. See, the father was looking at his heart. This young man didn't have time to make his speech. He says, you know what? I'll be one of the high, uh, the higher services. That's what Satan wants us to think. You know, we get into the church and he wants to tell us how we're not as good as. He wants to compare us to, excuse me, to people who've been in the church for 10 and 15 and 20 years and say, oh, you'll never be like them. You'll never be, uh, uh, look at what they do, how they can pray, how they can sing, how they can preach. No, the Bible warns us about comparing ourselves among ourselves. No, God wants you to be you. 
He knew your gifts and your talents. He knew your uh, all everything about you when he called you, and he still called you. So there are no second-class sons and daughters in the house of God. But what the father did was he looked at his heart. He knew the spirit of his son now was ready to receive. His heart was ready to receive uh, uh, the love that he offered to him. So the father ran and he kissed him. And he said unto his father, I sinned and against heaven and, and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called your son. But what the father do? He stopped all that. No, in my house, there's no such thing as you being worthy. I'm going to make you worthy. And look what he said. Look what he did in the 22nd verse. The father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe. See, that robe represented righteousness. God was covering him with grace and said, I got you. What did Jesus tell uh, Paul? My grace is sufficient. So this robe of righteousness, he put on his back. So he gave him righteousness. In other words, he justified him because he his heart was ready. And that's how God sees us. He looks at your heart. Many times our action don't measure up to our, our hearts. We are doing things, you know, many of us, uh, you know, we have uh, some of those things are still riding us. From when we're out in the world, we haven't gotten, you know, some are still smoking, some are still drinking, some are still doing things that they did out in the world. They want to be free, but they don't know how to be free. They haven't received all that God has for them. And Satan has tricked them to say, oh, you, oh, I got you now. You said you were saved and you slipped last night or you slipped this morning or you cursed or you lied or you got angry or you did this or that. And now look at you. But what did what did the father do? He dismissed all. He's no, I'm not hearing that. You my son, you're my daughter, and this is what the father says to all of us. Uh, not only on this call, but on in any situation, God says to us when we come to Him by faith, and that when this son came, he came to his father by faith, and his father said, "Give him the best robe, which rep represented the righteousness, the justification of God of God." And then what did he do? He said, and put a ring on his finger. God put him in the same position. He elevated him and said, you are my son. And the shoes on his feet. He now says, I'm going to put the preparation of the gospel of peace on you. Now, I know this is an Old Testament situation, but what, this is an allegory. This is a uh, uh, this is a, a, a parable that Jesus is showing to us what God does for the New Testament believer. He gives us the robe of righteousness. He puts us in an elevated position, as I read earlier, how that God saw us coming and he sealed us. He That what that predestination means, that God saw us coming. He knew the decision that we would make and he kept us and he preserved us. And now he's outfitting this young man who is not worthy in his own eyes, nor in the eyes of his elder brother, if you read the rest of this story, but yet God said, this is my son. And then what did the God do? He celebrated him in the 23rd verse. He says, bring the fatted calf, kill it. Let us eat and be merry. He says, celebrate this young man. Jesus said, there's more rejoicing in heaven when over one sinner that comes. One. There are many righteous. There are many who may be there. You know, of course, God celebrates all of his children. But he loves it when we come to him, when we are we are, are recognized 
in our, in our, when we were out in the world and said, man, the house of God is a place I need to be. Son and daughter of God, brother and sister of God, the house of God, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care where you at. I don't care what is, is, what is knocking on your door, telling you, I'm coming to get you. Give your heart to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and this hour. We pray, Lord, by your grace, we've seen 2022 come in. I pray for any of those who are on this call, who own this, hear this message, that they will receive you as Lord and as Savior. By saying, Lord, forgive me of my sin. You know my life. Today, I lay it all before you. And yet I accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you, Lord, that you have heard my prayer. And I am now part of the family of God. If you would pray this prayer, I pray that you would honor God by getting into his word, listening to him in your times of prayer, and knowing that God is for you. Again, if you desire to connect with us, please reach out at pastoreric523 at gmail.com or mail us at pastoreric, post office box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Until we meet again on Journeys in Grace, be blessed.